If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. This week, it's episode 36 of Viking 360. We'll talk soccer, we'll talk cross country, we'll also talk some Viking football, and we will pay homage to a Viking we lost too soon. Ripley soccer had a successful week as they were coming off a 12 to nothing win at Nitro. And then on Thursday evening, they traveled to Greenbrier East and uh, won 3 to 2. The Vikings would get goals from Brody Boyce. Ian Ganey and Maximus Greedy Fay, two assists from Brody Boyce and one from Noah Kessel. The Vikings now stand at three wins, five losses, two ties on the season. They play at home on Tuesday against the Cabell Midland Knights. Lady Viking soccer has a big game Saturday morning at 11 a.m. against Cabell Midland. They also had a couple of really close calls this past week, as you'll hear from Olivia Broom. We're here at Memorial Stadium, and we have just witnessed a 0-0 tie in uh, ladies soccer between Ripley and Parkersburg South, and we're talking with Lady Viking senior Olivia Broom. Olivia, a pretty intense game, as always, yes. with the Patriots. Yes, it was very well. South is definitely our biggest competitor, and they always have been. We beat them some, they beat us some, and we've always lost to them in sectionals, but tonight we tied them, and it was a really rough and fast game. Now, when it comes to postseason play in soccer, it seems like the competition, oh, the road to success always goes through Wood County. Yes, we're always playing both the Parkersburg teams in the sectional games. Yeah. And you've had a chance to take a look at both of them so far this year. What are your thoughts on those ser- on the series? Yeah, unfortunately, we lost to Parkersburg High 2-1, to one, and we tied Parkersburg South tonight, but that doesn't... D- that doesn't bring us down. We're going to always push back harder and try to beat them next time in sectionals. Olivia, how long have you been playing soccer? I played when I was younger and then I quit for a short period of time because I was kind of burnt out on it. Then I got back up in middle school and then I started playing travel and then I just played all four years throughout high school. And uh, do you have aspirations of uh, what you might do post high school? Yes, I'm looking at West Virginia State to get my prereqs in for my undergrad, and I'm going to study in pre-med, and then I'm going to transfer out of state to Ohio State, hopefully, to get my graduate degree in optometry. That's excellent. Now, just one question for fun. A cliche in sports says that a tie is very similar to kissing your sister. So, would a tie in in girls' soccer be, uh, can that be uh, attributed to kissing your brother. Yes, it's something that you don't want to do. <laughs> you definitely want to win. So yes, it definitely is not. It's like kissing your brother. Yeah. Thank you, Olivia. You're welcome. The Ripley Cross Country team has a big event this Saturday at Cedar Lakes as we hear from Ripley senior runner Tori Starcher. Tori, you have the uh, big Covered Bridge Invitational uh, race coming up this weekend and there's going to be all kinds of runners here from all across the state. Uh, does this uh, stand out on the schedule as a special event? Yeah, it's very exciting. I mean, it's my senior year, my last time, you know, competing and running across that covered bridge. So um, I'm just excited. This is our regional course coming up in a few weeks. So we have a couple more teams than we normally do. So um, I'm excited that this meet is, you know, getting a little bit more coverage and getting a little bit more attention due to that. So I'm excited. 
And Tori, unlike in track where you pretty much run the same thing no matter where you are, but it seems like every cross-country course is just a little bit unique. So what is different about the course here at Cedar Lakes? Um, here I would just say, I mean, you have a lot of, you know, rolling kind of hills when you get up on the trail. So I would say um, there's a lot of open ground here that's, I guess, um, user or I guess visually friendly to like spectators and stuff but you also kind of get um, a little time to you know uh, rebrief and you know kind of just get rolling up on the hills I don't know I mean it's every course is a little bit different but um, I would just say this is a little bit more unique I mean I really like the ending just because you get to um, run through the bridge and you get to see all kinds of familiar faces come down the straight stretch so I would say that's definitely the best part. What's the most challenging part of the course here? Uh, the most challenging part would definitely be, we call it the Big Cheese Hill, so that is um, right about the mile and a half mark. So I would say that would definitely be the most challenging part. I mean, it's just kind of like a pretty steep hill, just like in the middle of the um, course. So I would say that's probably the most challenging part. Tori, when you're out there on the course, what's going through your mind? Uh, are you thinking about a particular strategy of the race, or do you have a, a song in mind? What goes <laughs> through your mind? It's kind of just a mix. I mean, sometimes I catch myself, you know, singing a little tune in my head or something. Or um, other times I'm just kind of um, checking in with myself and seeing, like, how I'm doing, like, you know, what, uh, what do I need to do next and kind of just checking in on myself. Now, are you after a particular time or are you after to defeat a, a particular runner or what is what is your goal when you go into a race yeah I mean this is not a particularly fast course so it's kind of just coming out here you know trying to do um, better than I have last year and get a better time and just um, you know getting the points from a team and just um, you know trying to come out with the win okay. Troy thank you so much and good luck in the covered bridge invitational thank you so much and they are expecting 1,000 runners at Cedar Lakes on Saturday for the covered bridge invitational room and in talking with, with Tori during the interview, she mentioned that uh, she is considering uh, these colleges among the others uh, for her destination, and they include Duke, Notre Dame, Stanford, and Oregon. Viking Volleyball had a big week as they improved their record to 5-2 and two on the season. On Tuesday, they defeated both Ravenswood and Charleston Catholic. They have a big tournament coming up on Saturday at Nicholas County. You know, one of the uh, outstanding players in the early years of the Frank Marino era was none other than Ripley's Ron Waybright. Welcome back to Viking 360. I'm joined now by Viking legend, I'm going to call you, Ron Waybright. Ron, thanks for being with me, bud. I'm glad to be here. T talk a little bit about Viking sports and what it means to you. And it, You've really ran the gamut in it as far as yourself as a player You've had two, uh, a, a daughter and a son who both went through school there, and they were both really good athletes. Talk just as we get started what Ripley High School and Ripley Athletic means. Oh, it means, means the world to me. Uh, started off in, in the class of 1969 watching those guys, Terry Landis, Dallas Wallen, and what they meant to us. We couldn't wait to be a Viking growing up. And then when we finally got to that point, it was just amazing. It meant everything. That's why I thought you went to school, just to play sports. Right. <laughs> Talk about it, your athletic career. I mean, uh, you had so much talent, speed, jumping ability. You couldn't get away from the injury bug. The injury bugs uh, just hampered you throughout your career. Even though you had a really good career, 
I know there has to be times now that you sit there and think what could have been had you been able to stay healthy. Well, yeah, I do. Uh, you, know, you always wonder what God's plan is for you. And evidently it wasn't playing football, although I love that. But, you know, back in that time, we we played all sports. And whatever sport was in season, that was our favorite sport. And we loved that. But, uh, yeah, the injuries kind of got me and some other little mishaps. But uh, uh, I'll still look back at that as my glory days and, and love that time. Talk about being a younger brother, having an older brother, uh, brothers that you look up to, uh, and, and how they maybe push you to be better, um, not only on the field, but in the classroom and, and every aspect of life. Oh, that, that uh, as far as having older brothers, that, that helped me a lot because it gave me a good example to go by, uh, especially Jeff. If I could keep up with Jeff and, and his friends on, on even in the backyard playing sports, it just made me a lot better athlete at that time. You, as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, a son and a daughter, both very accomplished coming through Ripley High School, both went on to, to college and, and do their things in college and now in the uh, workforce. Talk about them. I, I know for you and your wife, Connie, uh, they're, they're the biggest source of, of uh, enjoyment and what you're most proud of probably as accomplishments in your life are those two. What was it like to watch them do what they did and accomplish as much as they did, not only on the athletic field, but also in the classroom? Well, that and they put the two of those together really well. Um, Kelsey, my daughter, she uh, was a, a heck of an athlete, could dance, gymnastics, great cheerleader, went on to Marshall and, and was head of the uh, head cheerleader at Marshall her senior year. Uh, she went through a little bit of the injury bug herself, but you know her class, um, the class of '07 that she graduated in, was a tremendous class. I've never seen a class as competitive as they were, but as friendly as they were, helping each other. I think Kelsey graduated 18th in her class with a, with over a four point average. That's how smart they were. Um, so just the things that she pulled off doing uh, during cheerleading just amazed me. I'm thinking, good good night. Where'd she get that at? And uh, Casey, he kind of concentrated more on, on baseball. Uh, he was all-state in baseball, all-conference. Uh, had a lot of punch. He wasn't a real big – he's one of those kids that grew after he got out of high school. Had uh, several opportunities to go to college and play baseball, but decided just to concentrate on his academics. And now he's here at our business running that for me. So. Talk a little bit about uh, the funeral home. Um, did you ever see yourself, number one, as a high school student doing what you do now – and then the path that's been for you, you guys have built a very impressive and a very uh, uh, well-known business. You guys, in for my money, you do it as the best as anyone in this industry. Uh, and we're lucky to have you here in Jackson County. But talk about the, how that all evolved. I know there was some family connection there. There, there was family connection. I uh, started working at the Parsons Funeral Home when I was a sophomore in college and, of course, was dating the granddaughter of uh, Edison Parsons, who I eventually married and loved my life. And uh, so, you know, I didn't really anticipate going into this profession in high school. I was going into architecture, and actually I'm six hours away from an architectural technology degree when I switched fields and went to mortuary science. Uh, our community has really blessed us. They've been very supportive of us. We've tried to give back to them everything that, that they've given to us, and um, we're, we're just so blessed to be here. Talk about uh, how much fun it is to work with your son. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in that same situation, my older brother and my dad both. Uh, tell me what it's like from a father's perspective to have your son here working with you on a daily basis. 
it, it means a lot. And just knowing that our business is going to continue on in the family instead of a corporation coming in and taking over where I don't think they have the feel the pulse of the community like, like somebody that's family-oriented, community-oriented. So we're really blessed with that. Watching Casey do some of the things he does here, uh, it's amazing. He's got a business degree. He knows he's a good, sound businessman. Uh, he's really good with the family. He's got the, the personality to meet with the families. He's very calming. Uh, I'm so proud of him and, and so happy that he came in with us. Before I let you go, your wife, Connie, still works in Jackson County School System. I believe she's a secretary at elementary, Ripley Elementary. Uh, Ripley, High Ripley High School now, okay. You guys, I, I, I see you a lot at sporting events because obviously Jeff and I are there running our mouths uh, for every game. But I see both of you guys uh, coming to baseball, basketball, football games, uh, and you really – there's no connection there anymore with the kids being gone other than you're a Viking, you bleed blue and white. Talk about your process on that, why you do that, how much you love this program, and just what it means to you to be going out there on your free time now, which you don't have a lot of. Right, don't have a lot of free time, but we really love the Vikings. Uh, we're, we grew up through the school system, couldn't wait to be a Viking. When we were a Viking, we couldn't couldn't thank the people enough for the support that they gave us. We want to give back that support. And um, it's amazing the opportunities that these kids have today that, um, that you know, we didn't have. We were three sports that we could play, basically three or four. Now they've got all these other sports that they can play. And, and with the girls' athletics, it's fun to watch them, watch them grow from the time they're in midget league on to being a Viking. And and I'm so proud of these kids and what our school stands for and, and how blessed we are to have our school system here. For years, I heard your older brother, Happy Joe, all these guys calling you Monk. Coolest nickname, I think, of all time. Nobody really knows, or I didn't know, where that nickname evolved from. Could you fill us in on, on uh, how that became a thing for you? Well, um, I grew up uh, for a couple of years on Valley Drive, and, and my dad still is amazed by that street. There was like 22 houses on that street with 63 kids, so there was something going on all the time. Uh, one of the kids we looked up to was Rick Grist. He, he was in high school at the time. And I got my kite stuck in a tree, and nobody was going to go get it, so I just went up the tree and got it. So he called, He said, I climbed a tree like a monkey. From then on, I was called Monk. Maybe the coolest nickname of all time, and an even better story. Ron, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck to you, Casey, uh, and your family with Waybright Funeral Home in the future, and, and we just appreciate the time and look forward to seeing you out the next Viking game. Brian, thank you for this opportunity, and, and we really appreciate what you and Jeff do at all the sporting events, and I think these kids deserve the recognition. Thanks for all that you do. It's football time in Death Valley. Let's bring on the Vikings. The Vikings will be traveling to the Buckeye State on Friday evening to take on Marietta High School. The Tigers are 2-1 on the season, having won lopsided victories over Morgan County 56-14 and Warren Local 52-34. They lost this past Friday to Williamstown 34-7. Last year, Ripley prevailed at M Memorial Stadium 35-21. All told, Ripley is 5-5 five five against teams from the state of Ohio with uh, 
victories over Belfry, Gallia Academy, Megs, and Pomeroy, in addition to last year's win over the Tigers. Noah Westfall is a two-way starter for the Viking football team. He talks a little bit about last week's action at Riverside and looks ahead to this week's game at Marietta. Yeah, well, it's just like Coach says, you know, we watch film on Monday to see, fix our mistakes, and then we just got to erase it. So hopefully everybody's just got it out of their minds and we're focused on Marietta this week. The Vikings are poised for a big bounce-back win this week at Marietta. Here from Viking head coach Eddie Smolder. No, um, you know, we've had a good week of practice. We're working on, you know, technique fundamentals. we got a good game plan on both sides of the ball. So we're excited to get kicked off. Um, this is a big game for us, and we're telling our kids, you know, just like every week, this is a playoff game. Another Ripley Viking two-way starter and a guy who has dedicated himself to the weight room throughout the offseason. Here from Wyatt Cottrell. Why tell us a little bit about your uh, football background. Uh, how many years have you been playing and where all have you been playing? So I played one year for Warren in Ohio at C team and then I played three years at Ripley Middle School, two years in the Midget League, one year for the, for the middle school and now four years for the high school. And what's it like to be, uh, you're up on the line, eh? you're, you're one of the grunts. Yep. Uh, what's life like on the line? It's a battle every play. It's just knowing which gap to block, not necessarily the man, but where to go. And if you don't get the block right, then it's your fault. So you're playing offensively? Yep, and defense line. And where are you on offense? I play the right guard, strong guard. And on defense? Nose guard. Do you have a preference for offense or defense? Mm, not really. I kind of I love playing both. And why, what, what's it like being up there? I mean, you don't, you're not going to get your name called a whole lot. You're up there in the grunt, and it's a battle, I'm sure, yeah, always on every the, play. Always in the bottom of the pile. <laughs> you just got to get back up and do it again next play. And you had a, a little setback this year with, some, with a little injury. Uh, yep. But got back last week, and, and we're back in action. Yep. What, tell us uh, about this week. What do you think the team's attitude is? A tough loss down at Riverside. Yep. Got to get Close back one. up and go at Marietta. Well, I think everybody's rallying together this week, really wanting to beat Marietta, especially off of our two-point loss to Riverside. Everybody's just really wanting this one, make it even two and two. Awesome. So, what? You're a senior this year. Yes, sir. So, tell us what lies ahead for you. Well, I hope to be a welder. I don't know what part of welding I want to do yet, but hopefully I find out soon. Why? thank you so much and good luck. Thank you. This week, we're sad to say our goodbyes to one of Ripley High's truly outstanding athletes. When the Vikings won the 1997 AAA Baseball Championship, Jimmy Knight was there in center field. When the Vikings advanced to the state AAA Basketball Tournament in Charleston, there was Jimmy Knight in the starting lineup. And when the Vikings advanced to the AAA Football Playoffs, not only was Jimmy Knight on the team, he made this incredible play, as described by Rick Shadow Shannon. Well, make no doubt about it, the Mohegan team can score on any given play with the speed of Chris Yura. So it's very important that Ripley is able to sustain some type of drive here and chew up as much of that clock as possible as we now approach the eight-minute mark. The Vikings lead it by three, but this Morgantown team is oh so dangerous when on offense. Jimmy Knight comes into the ballgame for the Vikings. He replaces Ed Mulder, so Knight and Hudson here on the near side as receivers. I formation in the backfield, Rourke and King. Dover, the snap, 
There's a reverse. Jimmy Knight, he's got all kinds of room on the right side. Across the 40 to 45, down the sideline. Jimmy Knight could go. He's down to 25 to 20. Jimmy Knight's on his feet. Touchdown. Touchdown, Ripley. 63 yards. Mike, you called it. You said Jimmy Knight would break a big one tonight, and he just did. 63 yards on the reverse. Jimmy Knight takes it all the way in for a Viking touchdown. And the fans here are really having a great time whooping it up in Morgantown. The wow. fans are going crazy. And there's pandemonium in the press box, too. And the Vikings, as the Vikings, you called it, Mike, earlier in the game. You just felt Jimmy Knight was going to break one. And he did. You saw that play developing, too. There was nobody on that right side on the reverse. Steve Shockey on to attempt the point after for the Vikings. The snap, the ball is down, and it's good. And the Vikings now have a 10-point lead with seven and a half minutes remaining in the ballgame. You score the Vikings 24, the Mohegans 14. We're back in a minute. This is Viking football. You got it. That'll do it for episode 36 of Viking 360. Thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll see you around. Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.